0: Wall Street to the White House, this is the Larry Kudlow Show. Welcome back, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. John Carney, Breitbart News Editor, Economics and Finance, and co-author of the fabulous Breitbart Business Digest, a must-read. The guy's got a cult following. John, thank you for your time. Uh, Bidenomics is creating a debt inflation spiral. Um first of all Republicans need to talk more about that in the debate on September twenty seventh. But you've got some great numbers here. The deficit's gone from one trillion last year to two trillion this year. Federal outlays, government spending is up ten percent, according to our friend Joe Lavornia. And the likelihood is inflation is set to reaccelerate. Okay, so those are some of your key points. Um, it's a strange story, a very difficult story. There's spending like no tomorrow.
1: That's right. Usually, you would not see this kind of spending. You know, this this doubling of the deficit. First of all, incredible. The ten percent increase in spending, incredible. Uh, outside of a catastrophe, you know, a for usually a war or or a very serious recession, we're doing it. With none of those things happening, and uh, and it, that, that that's going to cause a couple problems. One, if we do end up in a big economic problem in the future—again, war, huge natural disaster—we're going to be fiscally constrained because we're already running up the deficit so much and we're already spending so much. So that's a problem. But uh, number two, we. It it the pro once we get used to this level of spending, right, if we're doing this at normal times, it's hard to figure out how do you cut it mm. ever, right? Mm. Once you've once you've you know settled into no, we're gonna run a two trillion dollar deficit even when, you know, the unemployment is at three point eight percent, right? That I I haven't looked through you know, but the the deficit relative to GDP with the unemployment rate as low as it is has probably never been like this outside of a serious recession, probably not since World War II. And this is a, a very big, big fiscal impulse that we're pushing into the economy that is going to help encourage inflation and is frankly, working counter purposes to what the Fed is trying to do.
0: Yeah, that's a key point. That's exactly right. Uh, counter-purposes. Government is spending like no tomorrow, and the Fed is trying to absorb the money supply, so they're at loggerheads. You're running, I think, John, in round ballpark numbers, you know, I'm in I'm in firm, but I think the deficit is about uh, 7-8% of GDP, uh, with a 3.5% unemployment rate, 3.8%, so that's outrageous. But spending, which is the real problem, is uh, 26% of GDP. Historically, I think the 50-year average is 20. So you're running like six percentage points above. Again, with a 3.8% unemployment rate, we may have a recession next year, but we don't see it right now, as you've said many times. I mean, there's no end to this. And I think what you're suggesting, and I went and looked this up, you're right. It looks like inflation is actually reaccelerating. accelerating uh, I looked at the uh, Cleveland Fed now cast and so forth. Um, the CPI number comes out this week and, and may be kind of a, a shocker.
1: I think the CPI number may be a big shocker. A lot of people have in their heads that inflation is going to sort of smoothly keep coming down. Hmm. Um, and that doesn't look to be the case. I mean, a big driver here will be energy. I mean, you know, drive around, you'll see that the uh, you know gas prices are up a lot. Um, th- we're probably going to see an acceleration of food price ex- uh, inflation as well because we've had some you know pretty wacky uh, weather across the whole country. I mean, it's been super hot in lots of the country. That's going to hurt uh, crop yields. But the main thing is inflation is going higher. It's not just because of gas and it's not just because of, uh, food. I think we're going to see, we might not see a huge uptick in core inflation this month, but I think that's coming. And the markets aren't prepared for that yet. They still, you know, more or less believe that we're on a smooth sailing with inflation coming down. And when it starts to tick back up and a huge part of that will be this fiscal expansion that we're seeing through the Biden administration spending. Uh, I think that's going to catch people by surprise, and frankly, the you know it'll be very interesting to see what the Fed has to say about this because they meet the week after next, right? So we're mm. like we're going to have the CPI numbers, then we get the Fed meeting, and uh, so it'll be interesting to see you know how they react if you know CPI starts going back up.
0: Well, that's right. So you, I think Wall Street seems r- certain that the Fed won't raise their target interest rate, but Wall Street could be wrong again.
1: Yeah, I think what's going to happen at the next Fed meeting won't be a raise. If they wanted to raise, they could have let us know that this mm-hmm. week. There, you know, there was a flood of speakers from the Fed, and, they, and even – our friend uh, Christopher Waller did not sound <laughs> like he was in the mood to raise rates. I mean, you know, Larry, you can it take credit. He's there. It, you it know. was my
0: best appointment, but actually, yes. it, you know what? Uh, I mean, it was President Trump's appointment, but it was Jim Bullard who brought his, you know, who brought him on the radar screen. <laughs> and I yeah, thought and Bullard,
1: was, Bullard was pretty hawkish uh, recently. Yes. Yes, Bullard has been hard. Hawk- Bull- well, one of the greatest things about Bullard, and I think we'll find this with Waller, is they were bo- they're both very analytical. They don't—they weren't either instinctively hawkish, you right. know, or rather, you know, lockstep hawkish or lockstep dovish. They looked at what was happening in the economy, and they they came to the right position based on that. So I don't think they raised this time, but I think they will do what you could call a uh, a hawkish hold mm. because they're going to communicate. That uh, and we're going to see this that their estimates for GDP are going to come up, right? They, I mean, they really uh, undercounted, uh, underestimated how high GDP is going to be this year mm. in their, you know, at the last meeting. So they're going to raise that up. They're going to have to lower their estimate for unemployment. Hmm. Unemployment is not going up as fast as they thought it would. And the, you know, and we're getting the, uh, the, the, they call it the SEP, the summary of economic projections. We're getting another one of those at this meeting. So even though they won't, they probably won't raise, they can sort of raise through communications by showing that they're, you know, they think the economy will grow faster and unemployment will be lower. Um, John Carney, last night on the TV
0: show, Kevin Hassett made a very strong case that the UAW is going to strike against the big three. The issue is job losses from electric vehicles. Now, it's really a strike against Joe Biden, but it'll be a strike against the big three. Uh, Have you focused on that? Have you looked at that? Because if they go out, John, um, that's just going to really damage the economy.
1: It will damage the economy. I have focused on it. I think uh, Kevin is right. We are going with the likelihood of a strike seems to be growing much higher. They, you know, whatever negotiations have taken place have not seemed to make any progress. The electric vehicles is a huge part of that because they it just involves so many fewer people to build the electric vehicles. Mm. There's a lot of robotics involved. A lot of the parts, no matter what the Biden administration says about, oh, no, people will build building electric vehicles here in the U.S., a lot of that is going to be done abroad. And, you know, the components shipped in a lot of the batteries will be made abroad, even though they keep saying they'll be built here, that we know that remains to be seen. The unions are worried about that. And the unions are very upset about what's happened with Biden inflation. Mm -hmm. You know, and what they want is basically not so much that they're worried that we're going to get nine percent unemployment next year. But, you know, they look at food prices are up 20 percent over the last two years. And they say we need to be made whole for that. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we need a raise just to keep up with the inflation that's already happened. So, as you said, this is going to be very much a strike against Bidenomics
0: mm-hmm. uh,
1: and it will hurt the economy going into an election year, which, you know, the Biden administration will probably try to avert. But I don't see what they can do mm-hmm. to to repair the damage that's mostly being done by their policies.
0: Yes. UAW might want a lot of benefits, too. I wonder if they're going to want yeah. you know, for laid-off workers-type benefits. I mean, this is an, it could be an odd strike. You're right about wages, and they have to catch up with the food prices and the CPI, but I'm just wondering, they might want to protect future unemployed UAW workers who get laid off from the electric vehicles.
1: Absolutely. I mean, if you were, if you're a union, that's one of the best things you can do is say, look, we see what's happening. We see the future coming. We probably can't, you know, avoid, uh, mm. having there be, you know, fewer people building vehicles in the future, especially if we're pushing towards electric vehicles, which I think, I think actually that may be a little exaggerated. I think there may be some push back against that in the future. We may not go as electric as fast as people think we're going mm. to, but um, one of the things that the union should be doing is saying, OK, so if we know that's happening, what are you going to do to make sure that we're not immiserated by this change? That, you know, that our people who have spent their lives learning to do this aren't going to be asked to, you know, get a job in the, you know, serving donuts instead and, and you know, earning minimum wage. That's yeah. not fair to them. And of course, their union should be looking out for their interests.
0: What's, um, you know, you mentioned stronger than expected growth. Uh, last I looked, I think the Atlanta Fed GDP tracker was still about 5.5% for Q3, yeah, something like that.
1: 5.6, that's right. It, it came down from 5.8, but the last three readings, so this week and the end of last week, have come in at 5.6, which, you know, everybody says it's going to come down, and it will. I agree. It's not, you know, we're not going to end up with 56 percent growth in the third quarter but uh it is not coming down so far and the longer this goes on the, the yeah. longer the more you have to ask like how far is it going to come down i've i've heard you know very respected economists at you know big wall street firms say that they're raising their numbers up above 3% now yeah. for the third quarter which is yeah. quite a lot of growth in the third quarter <laughs> right.
0: john carney co-author of the Breitbart Business Digest. Nobody does it better. Thank you, John. Folks, quick break. And then the other side, the great Roger Stone, political consultant, political analyst, superior, and uh, WABC radio host. I'm Kudlow. Roger Stone, up next. Larry Kudlow.